The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yeah, I don't know, was it back in the ancient mystic trinity, but it was certainly a few years ago, 25 years ago to be precise, since TV3 was born. Anna Daly is a former presenter at the station. David McRedmond is with me as well, a former CEO uh, for almost 10 years. And Aidan Cooney, uh, who too presented there uh, for a little longer uh, than 10 years. I don't want to age you or anything, Aidan, but there you go. Um, uh, uh, Anna, you, were, you, were, you weren't there on day one, were you? No, I wasn't. You're far too young to be there on day <laughs> I'm one, glad you, you see. you said that, Ciarán. Yeah. No, I joined in around 2003, so they were up and running about five years at that stage. And what guys did you join the station in? I joined, um, before there was such a thing as a career pivot, I was pivoting, right? I went (laughs) in out of uh, marketing, studying marketing in college, got a sales job in there and moved into marketing. And after about five years of doing that, I did this career pivot. And I think that's indicative of the place it was. You know, it was fresh, it was dynamic. And suddenly you could be the reporter on the breakfast show happening down the corridor from you know, where you where your office and was. And how, uh, talk me through that process. Did, was it just a notion you got? Did somebody notice you and think, God, Anna would be good doing that? Or how did it happen? Do you know what? I was very happy when I got the marketing manager position because that's where all roads led for me. You know, I took the job in sales to get to marketing and then I, I was made marketing manager under David McRevent, I think, and uh, delighted to be there. And then I was presenting in a management meeting at some point and the producer, the then producer of Ireland AM, Victoria, just interrupted me mid-sentence and went, have you ever been screen tested for Ireland AM? <laughs> and I did that really embarrassed Irish thing of, no, I haven't. And I told my my boyfriend, now husband at the time that evening, and he was like, why would you just quash something like that so quickly? It just felt really notionsy, and I yeah. just want the conversation to end quickly. But of course... I started thinking about it later and I thought, oh my God, actually, that would be amazing. So I went back to Victoria and that's where it started. So, David, it was that indicative then of the, the, the atmosphere, the spirit of TV3. Uh, absolutely. And, and great to hear Anna and Aidan. Yeah, that's what TV3 was. It was, you know, when I was there, I joined in 2006 and um, it already had a great culture, but it was just, you know, 250 people having the time of their lives. You know, we didn't earn much money. It was a struggle at times, but it was super creative. You I'd say you earned a few quid there now, David, didn't you? I earned a few quid. I earned. I picked up a few quid, all right. Um, but it was, uh, but it was no, it was a fantastic place and is a fantastic place. And I think, you know, it's funny, um, Anna, saying that you could end up being a reporter. I remember one of my highlights in, in TV3 was when uh, TV3 wasn't allowed into uh, the courtyard at Dublin Castle for the marriage referendum because that was reserved for RTE. So we were outsiders and Vincent Brown called me and he said, listen, how about we do a broadcast from the George pub? And I said, that's a fantastic idea. So we did this broadcast and it went on and on and on for hours and we ran out of people. We literally ran out of people to interview. So I started interviewing people and it was kind of crazy, but it's one of my great memories. And it was uh, it was just, a, you know, a, as a station that could pick up the zeitgeist mm. very quickly, very freshly. And, uh, and people worked incredibly hard. Uh, to get to air every hour of the day, every hour of the night. And uh, Aidan Cooney, when David mentions RTE there, I mean, back in those early days, how conscious were you of 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 not being RTE, of being something different? Did did you kind of frame yourself through that prism or, or, or how did you think of yourselves? Well, well back in 93, if you remember, the Eurovision came out of Mill Street and the BBC newscaster, Nicholas Wilson, described it as coming from a cow shed 
in rural Ireland. So there was that sort of perception. Was, of it was kind of a horseshit to, to defend ourselves but, there, wasn't it? Yeah, but it, it, it was said of us on other channels, uh, you know, that that's who we were. But we like, I think, to see ourselves maybe as, as, as Ryanair. We were young, independent. No job was too small. No job was too big. Everybody pulled together. And we were kind of lucky that we were led by a very dynamic management team. Particularly when David came in, he got us a rugby world club. Red Rock, I think, saved the station when we were mm. when that awful crash came and affected yeah. the whole country. Um, but also, there was things that were happening that probably wouldn't happen anywhere else. Like under the Canadians, the FEI came out to negotiate us showing the Republic of Ireland football, and we thought, "Wow, this is going to be fantastic!" So their negotiation team arrived out to Ballymount. Our negotiation team, the senior management, were upstairs. RT pitched about what the football was all about and the audience numbers they were getting mm. from the other channel. And then the chief executive or one of the senior management teams said, this is great. Now, how much are you guys in the FBI going to pay us to show the game? And the <laughs> negotiations just ended there. And we were barred from covering uh, FBI press conferences, from training camps for about a year while this was all being resolved. And look how we've come on yeah. from then. How, how difficult was that, Aidan, though? But how difficult was that fight in, in the early days? Because... You know, you can, I guess, say with, with morning television, we'll put it that way, and Anna, we'll talk about that in a moment, but with morning television, you know, you can create your own product, but you can't create your own sporting product. I mean, the match is the match, and there are rights. Yeah. So, like, that, that is kind of one of those areas where you were genuinely in real head-to-head competition with RTE just to get something on screen. Well, it was like we, we were versatile, though. I went out to uh, an FAI Cup draw, and they wouldn't let me into the room because it was part of the ban at the airport hotel where the team stayed. And each of the managers then came out to me. Once they heard it was outside, they came out after the draw to be interviewed. One of them came out halfway through the draw to say, there's what's happened so far. Because we had built a relationship with them. Well, I'd built a relationship with most of the reporters had in previous roles with different companies. So they, they, they were they, And also they knew we were a fledgling company and it was good to help out the underdog. And Karen, I think yeah. it's, it's fair to give credit also to the GAA. They were the first to break that monopoly when they, uh, they, they put their games into different packages and uh, into five kind of lumps of games. And we got one of those. And it was, that was the real breakthrough. And that breakthrough allowed us to invest. And once you can invest and once you have investors and you say, OK, we've got this breakthrough, we can build an audience, now let's build something. We pretty soon after built a huge studio, like the biggest studio in Ireland at the time, television studio in Ireland, uh, and a HD studio, and it's still there, and it's it's the source of an awful lot of the programming. And so it was extremely important mm. to get that. But I credit the GAA, and then of course the IRFU came along, and uh, and and then we got uh, Six Nations. So um, it's been very important. And Anna, I mean, so there was those sporting successes. There was mention of Red Rock there. I mean, there's the success of of having uh, bought in the, the the British soaps, Carnation Street and Emmerdale. I know they were lost to UTV for a few years before coming back. But I mean, Ireland AM as well. It's a huge brand leader for the station, wasn't it? Yeah, it or was. It, became, I mean, it became a juggernaut of a show. And, you know, there was still a hustle. We were still trying to carve out and push for interview time, especially with bigger stars. But I think that the foundation that I certainly took was that, especially as the reporter, I mean, it's a brilliant foundation to have to go out and present an item 
come back, edit the item, produce the item. You know, you're pretty much doing every element of it, you know. Like I remember we got time with, with one of the Kardashians at one stage in London and it's planes, trains and automobiles. I mean, there's nothing glamorous about it. There's about 20 minutes of glamour in the fancy hotel where you do it. Yeah. But afterwards we missed the flight home because we had to get shots of the clothing <laughs> collection that we were only getting the interview because of. Um, we flew back to Cork that night and the producer Sally's uh, dad drove to Cork to bring us back to Ballymount. She stayed up all night editing it. I went home because I had to be on the couch the next morning to talk about the interview. So, you know, and you didn't question it. It was just, it was all part of it. You threw yourself into it and we were we were just doing every step of that journey. Which Kardashian did you interview? Chloe. Okay. <laughs> was that the most famous person you've interviewed? Uh, it depends who you're talking to, to be honest with you, because some people aren't in the least bit impressed by, by Kardashian. Chloe Kardashian. Do you know what no, I mean? Okay. But they would be by Jeffrey Archer or somebody like that. So it really depends on do you who miss gets excited it? by who. Um, do I miss Ireland AM? No, I feel like I, I probably left at the right time. Yeah. And I say that if I'm ever doing any kind of career talks now or women in business stuff, I think you need to know when you've done all of the interviews you know, and it starts to get a little bit copy and paste-ish and you need new challenges. And that's where I arrived at. So, yeah, I think it's important to know when the right time is. Uh, David, um, how do you assess then TV3 or Virgin Media, as I should call it, Virgin's uh, kind Mm. of position in the market uh, today? You know, given its its growth over the last 25 years, I mean, it's it's uh, success it's experiencing at the moment with its coverage of the Rugby World Cup, you know, along with uh, RTE. And then in the context of everything RTE has gone through as well this summer. Yeah, look, longevity is actually pretty important. Um, I'm not a big one for birthdays and things, but longevity, showing that you can sustain yourself in media is very, very important. So, you know, I think Virgin have done a very good job. I, w- I, w- I would have taken it a different direction. I would have preferred us doing more Irish programming. I loved us doing Red Rock. I think we were in a moment and on a roll we could have got somewhere. Um, but I credit Virgin. They've done a massive job with opening more channels, really uh, addressing the digital interface and professionalizing the whole operation. I think they've done extremely well. So I think they're very well positioned, you know, and they're very well positioned because whatever solution there is to RTE's funding is going to involve, to some degree, a separation between license fee or whatever that state funding is and uh, commercial revenue. And that is vital. Ten years ago, you know, I was writing to government saying there's a problem in RT. You've got to separate the license fee from the commercial revenue because the license fee was suppressing the mm. price of advertising. So the price of advertising in Ireland, this flows into radio and everything else because it's it starts with television, is lower than the price in the UK. And there's no reason for that. There's no reason why Unilever should get a cheaper price to get to a thousand consumers in Ireland than two thousand consumers in the UK. So it's going to benefit from whatever happens there. Not about getting, and I don't think it should get funded. I don't think, it's, I, I don't think it works really getting kind of state funding. And it's a different animal. I think, um, but if the commercial revenue can go up, and I think it should go up, yeah. I think it's very well positioned. If you were still there, would you hire Ryan Tuberty? <laughs> I'd hire Ryan Tuberty, of course I would, yeah. Um, uh, at a price. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, look, you you, you always want the best broadcasters. But, you know, one of the truths and fantastic hearing Anne and Aidan, we, de- we developed our own. We developed brilliant broadcasters. Yeah. And we brought in one or two as well. Vincent Brown, a total star. But we also developed great people. Look what we did with exposing programs like that. 
And, you know, I see these people everywhere now, online, everywhere, doing everything. I'm very proud of that. I think TV3 is a record. You were kind of nodding along as well when David mentioned kind of homegrown products as well and Red Rock. I mean, how important for you is that legacy in TV3? Oh, listen, I think I think they did incredible things. I think David's leadership, uh, and I'm not pandering to him because he's part of this chat, he certainly injected an energy. And uh, especially around the Rugby World Cup, I mean, I remember people saying, you know, you'd be out doing one gig and they'd be like, but how are you going to do the Rugby World Cup? I mean, how will TV3 do yeah. that? Because there was no association with, you know, more serious stuff like that. Vincent Brown, an incredible stroke of genius bringing Vincent in, you know, and that changed nightly viewing for everyone and it, he became part of the zeitgeist didn't he yeah. you know Vincent on the Twitter machine all of that stuff you know it was it was brilliant they were great calls yeah listen uh, hopefully many great days ahead as well for everybody at the station uh, Virgin today formerly TV3 Anna thank you very much for joining us Anna Daly David McRedmond as well it's a former CEO there and Aidan Cooney a former presenter The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.